You're listening to the It's Okay to Cry podcast with Bronte Spicer. Conversations on dissolving depression the gentle way and rebuilding our model for mental health. Hello and welcome back to the It's Okay to Cry podcast. My name is Bronte Spicer and today I'm being interviewed for the first time. So this is episode four and I've invited Linda Bonney, who actually does all the back-end work of our podcast and she's going to be interviewing me today so I can share my more of my story and, um, yeah, really showing... Well, should we just get into it, Linda? Yeah, let's go. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, it's really great for the tables to be turned because so often for podcast hosts, they are the ones who are doing the question asking rather than having the questions asked back to them. So it's really, I feel very privileged to be in this position of hearing more about your story and letting you really shine as well. So let's just start off with a little bit of your own journey about how you have got to a stage where you've certainly dissolved a lot of your own depression and um, there's been quite a few ups and downs in that in that journey as well. Yeah, sure. So I started experiencing depression when I was 14. Uh, I just started feeling weird. It was around the time that my mum and dad separated um, and just abruptly we had moved, we'd returned back to Australia. Um, yeah, I was just trying to find my feet and I, I guess from that experience of having my parents separate my the, my family unit and my sense of safety just collapsed and um, just it was kind of like the world just changed forever and and the ground underneath me just wasn't there anymore I just um, I felt very lost and very confused and very strange I didn't know how to feel I was trying to work out how I should be feeling and what I should be doing and I had a lot of people around me trying to help me and um, I had a lot of a lot of stories within my head around if I shared my feelings that I would be selfish and I'd be a burden and um yeah around it at the same time I was I was good at netball and um I was often put in like older uh teams where I just wasn't adapting socially to the teens and um I had a yeah a couple of bullies at netball training that yeah, I created those stories that I was a loser and an idiot and, um, yeah, I had stories at school. Uh, I wasn't very good with science and, and maths and I, and I guess as when I was in primary school I was the teacher's pet and, I you know, I was very good at school. I got good grades and then when I went to high school it was like, oh, I was, I was getting C's and D's and that kind of I, had me just think that I was dumb and not smart enough and, and in, in a, an idiot and, yeah, so I was kind of building this negative sense of self now that I can I can see I, I have a lot more clarity around that. Um, and then, yeah, I had, um, I had challenges living with, um, my mum and stepdad, um, once my sisters had moved out, um, their, yeah, the, the relationships we had were, were not easy. Um, and so I was very, while there was a, a lot of people around me trying to help me, I really felt, 
isolated, lost, stuck in my own head, not knowing what to do, how to get better. Um, I was, I started going to see a counsellor or a psychologist at the age of 15 and, and that continued, uh, well, until that continued probably for almost 20 years, I would say, um, visiting different psychologists and counsellors. And while there was great, you know, I, I did get some clarity from an, um, an understanding and, uh, a bit of, I, I think probably clarity is, is the best word for for what I got out of going to um, going to see psychologists and counsellors, and at the same time, my depression just continued. It was, and for me, my depression was like a really heavy weight in my body or it would kind of creep over my shoulders and when it got bad, it was like I was just terrified of it sucking me and drowning me and and kind of pulling me into this deep black hole that I would never get out of. And I had no, I had no understanding of how to feel my pain and and process it that that's that's the essence of what I was missing all, all that time so this this feeling this sense of dread this like really intense and immense um, feeling in like now that I know it's in my it was in my body that whole time but it was kind of this it wasn't just in my body it was in my head and it was very it was a very overwhelming feeling so I ended up going you know, when it got really bad, I was dis- disappointed waking up in the mornings and I couldn't function. Like I, I, putting a load of washing on was like a really, felt like a marathon to me. So once it got to that point and it was very hard to get out of bed, it was like had no motivation and no energy and I I couldn't socialise, um, I ended up going on antidepressants, which was which was very helpful at the time. It was like, okay, cool. I can, now I can function. Now I can think more clearly. I can, uh, I was a teacher at the time. So I was able to take the emotion out of my work and, and um, yeah, kind of just function on a daily basis a whole lot uh, better. And then, yeah, fast forward to about two years ago, I just, started thinking well surely you know I was working I'd been working as an intuitive healer and I felt like I was kind of helping other people but I wasn't really addressing my own stuff and I really felt like surely there's a way you know some people just have depression then they get over it why would I have to be this person that has to be on antidepressants for forever, which is what I had people say to me. I, I had people like that's kind of what I just believed. I just thought I, I, that's just a part of me and that's just who I am and that's just how it's going to be. But I started questioning it and um, that was when I, know I actually asked spirit, I said, send me the teachers that will have me have my depression fall away and um yeah a couple of weeks later I met um my first facilitator um practicing the killer bee inquiries and that changed everything in that I was shown 
what to do with the stories in my head and secondly how to feel my feelings in a safe way and i guess in i guess in that moment i was i mean lots of things happened in that moment in that hope in that moment i you know th- those first couple of sessions uh, the first couple of killer bee inquiry sessions um i was shown you know these techniques to have, to feel okay and safe to have these sensations in my body, which which are the emotions, which is that kind of black, um, dark heaviness over your body. Um, the the Killeby inquiries gives you these tools and techniques to separate what creates that sense that you have that big black hole or that you have that overwhelming dread in your body. And um, yet to give you a, a piece of it, a, the three parts that create something like that are words, pictures, and body sensations. And I guess while the talk therapists had, we'd been doing lots of work around mindset and changing language and not catastrophizing, not using, you know, not catastrophizing, oh, sorry, not not um, using catastrophic kind of language, um, and we've been doing CBT like cognitive uh, behaviour therapy. All of this kind of work, work where we were changing beliefs, swapping beliefs, and what I got from the killer bee inquiries was, well, we actually use techniques to dissolve the words and pictures, and then. And then our, my facilitators would show me how to feel safe in the feelings in my body. And once I learned how to do that, my depression dissolved because I realised that that was uh, that was all that the depression was. I, I called it the depression as if as if it was a thing, and. Once I learned how to feel safe in feeling the sensations and going towards the sensations, which are the emotions in my body, then everything kind of disbanded. It was, yeah, quite incredible. It was something that I'd always been running from, but when I actually allowed these feelings and sensations to be in my body and used the techniques and they cleared. Mm, Absolutely. (laughs) Um, I mean, in, in what you've just said, there's a few things that really stand out based on a lot of my own experiences and that sort of thing. For quite a period of time there, you were just functioning, which was okay and enough. And I think that's that's really important to, to think about mm-hmm. in the fact that sometimes we settle for just enough and, and think, oh, well, it's better than where I was or where I am or anything like that and it's those tiny little steps sometimes which can feel okay but still we're in this um, runaway type mentality where we're not really fully accepting or believing that there is any better or that there is a way to shift that heaviness and Essentially, we're still ignoring it, even though it's been, uh, I want to say fixed, because that's often what we're led to believe, that we need to be fixed or need to get 
past this certain situation and hurry up and what are you doing and why can't you just put on load of washing and what's wrong with you and all that sort of thing. So it's it's quite, it, it almost feels like it's quite a common story, I believe. Yeah, and absolutely I hear from so many people and um, that it is that that daily functioning can be really, really challenging, which is why we end up having a glass of wine at night or we sit in, sit in front of a TV like a zombie or we scroll on our phones without for hours on end without realising. And I guess this is what I see is a huge problem where people are just desperate to escape themselves and it's not just the words in our heads that we're running from, it's the sensations in our bodies. It's, it's when those words, those stories in our heads are attached to the sensations in the body, like we might have a buzzing mm. sensation in our body, which to be honest, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't. I was dissociated. Now, I, now I have the language about, um, you know, what was happening in terms of my nervous system. I was completely dissociated from and disconnected from my body. So, I had no ability to uh, recognise what was what sensations were in my body, and this is. I I just feel so sometimes I, I have felt angry um, at the mental health system because I felt like an idiot. I've I've fronted up to 20 years worth of talk therapy, talking to psychologists and counsellors, and that's just what that's what the model is. You go to a GP, then you go, you get referred to a psychologist or a counsellor or a psychiatrist for medication and um that's that's just what we do and and in that time I remember there was only one psychologist in one session that I've ever had in that entire time that actually showed me um well she tried she tried to take me to my body so I could feel the feelings in my body and I also want to add too that I'd been practicing meditation from the age of 15 so I i did have I did have an awareness of connecting to the sensations in my body, but not with those very sensations that had me triggered in a conversation with my mum or um, having an argument with a friend or um, being worried about money or whatever triggering circumstance we have, whatever challenging circumstance we had. Mm. No one actually showed me how to process the very feelings that arose with the challenges. Well, you don't want to go like, there, so do you? I, you really don't. You're, no. So often we are taught and it is modelled to us that you don't go there. And essentially the person that is sitting in front of the TV at night or able to... Um, stay quite calm, cool and collected, especially in something like an intimate relationship, they are mm. often viewed as the one who has it all together or the one that <laughs> is much more, um, dare, I want to use the words, in control because yeah. in my experience recently with a young baby and 
sleepless nights and all sorts of things that experiences that arise in adjusting to life with a third child and how that looks for our relationship and how that looks at 11pm at night when the washing is still sitting in the washing machine from 7am that morning or whatever, whatever else comes up. We're often shown that if you lose your shit, if you like, that is frowned upon. Absolutely. And that, that's why I've called this podcast It's Okay to Cry. That's why I'm writing a book about It's Okay to, okay to Cry because I I didn't think it was okay to cry. And, you know, I had feedback from other people. I still get feedback from other people that it's no, not okay to cry. People will say, oh, don't cry. Mm. It's, oh, mm-hmm. you know, well, let's, let's just find a solution for you. And, you know, then we get given advice. And internally we're like, we don't want the solution. We actually just want to be heard and we just want to feel our feelings. I mean, we just want to express how shit life is and, um, and not in, not in a way where we're just stuck in a cycle of, of, of life's horrible, but actually coming into the body and feeling how it feels in the body to have these emotions here. And what I have found is that I can... On, on from an external, from someone else's point of view, I might be crying and at the same time internally I'm feeling deep pleasure, feeling the sensations that are in my body as I'm crying. It actually feels incredible to cry. It feels nourishing. It feels supportive. It feels clearing and releasing and I feel, you know, sometimes I feel exhausted after a cry and then I feel lighter. I feel free. I feel like I've really processed like some big heaviness. Um, so I really, I'm really passionate about us turning, turning things around. So we're not, we're not solution based so much. Of course, you know, sometimes we want a solution. Yeah, sometimes we want to go to a friend or a family member and we want to know, you know, what to do about a situation. And at the same time, I want more space for our caregivers to, to just listen and empathize, say things like, tell me more. Yeah, I really understand. If I was in your shoes, I would feel horrible too. Yeah, I can really understand how you're feeling that way. Yeah. Just just simple phrases like that can can give the person just that that space to feel heard and seen and they're holding the space for the person to just to process, to process emotions rather than us and this is kind of where the scent, the love and light spirituality movement gets it wrong in that we're so desperately um, addicted or attracted or driven to feel happy and um, just, you know, feel good all the time. Like we see those memes, good vibes only. And it's like, well, that's not allowing ourselves to experience the fullness of what it is to be human because we're not happy all the time. So when we're feeling sad, we feel like we're getting life wrong. It's like, oh, I'm doing life wrong because I'm sad or I'm a bad person Mm. because I'm angry. Well, actually, 
these life is a roller coaster. And when what I experienced when I started practicing the killer bee inquiries was was immense and deep freedom, because I wasn't. I didn't have to be up all the time. I didn't have to be happy all the time. Actually, there was real beauty and freedom and peace in coming down. And we know that depression is like deep rest. So rather than for many years, I was trying to prop myself up, stay confident, trying to try to pretend to be happy for everyone so they didn't have to worry about me. But deep down, my body just wanted to come down and, and come to the earth and this is why I offer a lot of sacred earth medicine rituals and practices and offerings through retreats and circles and courses because when we come down to the ground and we start to be with the ground rather than propping ourselves up trying to be trying to get somewhere trying to be uh, go up the corporate ladder or any other type of work ladder, career ladder, um, where we're actually missing the beauty and the pleasure and the freedom, freedom that can come with surrender and coming down and letting go and and even giving up. Often that you know there's this there's this cultural story mm. that we we don't give up. Well, that's fucking tiring. That's really tiring. And I think a lot of that's attached to the don't change your mind as well. Um, Like stick to something and be consistent and reliable and make sure that you're not altering in, in the way that you're approaching your marketing or (laughs) to use one one big example as well and I think just you know one big thing I I get from what you're saying as well I think before jumping into fix or find solutions or anything like like that it's so much better to have an understanding first you know Mm. and sometimes that understanding can take a lot longer than we are patient for or taught to mm. wait for or sometimes the the fix or solution is to simply listen and that's it. Like, yeah. fancy that. Yeah, um, that's it. And in my book, uh, It's Okay to Cry, I, I actually teach, I teach in the book how to hold space for yourself how to hold space for others and how to hold space for yourself and others simultaneously. Because if you put yourself in the situation of you're holding space for a friend, they come to you, you're up, they're upset and we, we habitually want to fix, we want to solve, we want to help them because we don't want to feel them. We don't want to see them upset because that's uncomfortable. So part of the process is to actually watch the sensations in our bodies as they are upset and have the courage to perhaps, as an example, stay silent when you want to fill the silence with X, Y, Z practical solutions. And then that space and that pause, what that creates is a sense, is a is an exploration, a space for exploration for that person to then find their own resources, find their own solutions. They find what they need, their wisdom from within, their own intelligence from within. And then that creates a sense of confidence 
and and a sense of I okay I can do this I have something here I I can do this I can find my way through this we start to then trust our own bodies our instincts our intelligence from within we trust our bodies we trust our hearts we trust our intuition we trust in our abilities and skills and then we have a much stronger sense of who we are and our abilities to to be in the world Mm, definitely so what happens when there's a a mismatch there so while, while I absolutely appreciate and understand the power in listening and not feeling space and being with someone who really needs to release a lot or cry, let's let's um, use that as an example, what happens when you've got someone who really feels very uncomfortable and wants to fill all those silences and is perhaps acting in a way which is perceived to yourself as very different to (laughs) a lot of the methods or understanding that you have and therefore the exchange is very unbalanced like let's say with a an intimate in an intimate relationship with a a husband or partner or a child or that sort of thing um how what has been your experience there as far as um those around you (laughs) really matching you on a level where where you've come to mm. well my hus- i've i've somehow taught my husband to listen and to hold space i i don't quite know how wow. he's done it i could yeah i would love to say that we went through a manual and i i showed him what to do but i think over time i've probably said things like um I don't want an answer or I'm just venting or um, I just need to cry or I don't I don't want you to tell me what to do. I don't want you to tell me. Like I guess we do need to be quite explicit with, with our needs and, and that's even another skill mm. that, mm-hmm. that I have learned that I didn't originally have. I didn't have, I didn't know how to voice my needs, which which I'm sure is related to a relationship I had with with my stepdad where it just wasn't safe to speak. I was, whatever I said was wrong in my household for a number of years. So, um, but yeah, so I've got to a place um, where, where Lee, my husband, is is incredible at listening and holding space and just allowing me to vent um, and I get a lot of clarity out of that. At the same time, there are definitely absolutely still people in my life that I don't I don't receive that. Um, so there's a couple of things to that. I've done so much work in in feeling so safe in my own body, in feeling it's so safe in who I am, and and yeah, in my with the sensations in my body. And I say sensations a lot because when we talk about emotions, we get really heady and we don't really know what emotions are. So emotions are just physical sensations. So I've done so much work in feeling safe in my body that I don't need so much from other people. So when I go and speak to someone, I can recognise that, okay, they're not really listening, they're in fixing mode um, and I 
now have the tools, which the the killer bee inquiries is a beautiful set of techniques and tools to manage when you get triggered. So you might walk away from a conversation with a partner or a loved one where you just really didn't receive what you needed. And so then what, what I do and what my clients do is we go and sit and we practice the techniques. So we we look at the picture of the person that um, has has triggered us, who you know they didn't fucking listen, or um, or you feel like an idiot walking walking away because they've given you all this advice, and it's like oh, I'm not getting life right because you know that they just told me what I should have done, I should have been doing that, or or whatever story we have in our head about it. And we use these techniques to look at the words we we put the words like um, I'm an idiot up on the wall or we close our eyes and and we look at those words and we use different techniques to have those words fade and dissolve. And then once we've dissolved the words and the pictures of the people or the scenario, then we come down into the body and we use different techniques to, to A, get out of the way so the body knows, well, that's the essence of what we do. We get out of our own way through using practices and techniques to find our own what I call body intelligence, which is our body's natural intelligence Mm -hmm. to process its own emotions. So when we get to that place of being so we feel so safe with the sensations in our body, the body, the body has an ability to clear and process its emotions. And when we don't process our emotions, they store and they build up. And so that's why life can feel so intense and so overwhelming that we end up escaping or uh, distracting ourselves with other things. So this is a lifestyle. Like I've chosen to, to come off. I Once I learnt the killer bee inquiries, I came off antidepressants and I I told I wrote a list of things for Lee to do to help me, to support me in that process. And um and so this is my one and only job to stay with myself, which means on a practical level that that means to feel the sensations in my body throughout the day and so after a conversation with a family member I might be triggered so I might have like intense sensations in the body and I might have stories in my head I might be relaying replaying the the conversation I've had I might have words so we use all of these techniques to look at the words and pictures so they fade and then we come to the body so so the, the sensations fade as well at the same time there are there's, I've also found, which I've, I've put in my book as well, I discuss more, obviously, than what we can do here. I talk about the value and the gift of having sensations or emotions in the body that stay because, let's be honest, sometimes when we put our attention on feelings and sensations, they don't just ne- necessarily clear. And so I have found that there are two reasons why feelings or sensations stay in the body. One of them is that there's a purpose to it and it has, like, there's a reason why this sensation is here. And this is where it gets exciting because it's like everything is working 
for us. So we have we can have sensations in the body to remind us to come to the heart, as an example, or we might have sensations in the body that are protecting us, like, that are for, like creating a sense of support and protection, or um, or some other reason. Or the other the other um, reason this feeling or sensation might stay in the body is it has a message. And this is where we start to tap into our intuition. The sensation has a message. That's why it's not going anywhere because there's a gift in it. There's always something within it. And when you, when you learn these processes, these techniques to come towards and feel safe and stay and explore and, and start to relate, connect and communicate with these sensations in the body, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is like the greatest oracle deck I've ever come across because it's like this moving, expressive, open, alive, like, machine that is supporting me. So this is not these emotions are not something to get rid of. Actually, this is this this is the intent. Like this is the most profound gift I've ever come across. I've ever stumbled across, and it's within me. So it's like in my whole body, there's like nothing that I need to escape from, because I found these techniques with KI with words and pictures. Fine, bring me the words and pictures. Bring me the words. I'm a loser. Bring me the words, I'm stupid. Bring me the words, I'm hopeless. You know, they, that was a key word that just had me fall apart, like cry and cry. And that word fall apart always just sent me into spiralling. Yeah, um, I, I can think of a couple right now as well. Yeah. Like when someone tells me yeah. to calm down or relax yeah. or, um, yes. yeah, just get over yourself or yeah. So many, so many, and it's really, it's so wonderful to listen to your excitement increase as you start talking about this as well. It's really, you know, we've we've known each other for three or four years and this is the work you've always been doing anyway. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I guess the difference is now is I get to experience the gift. I think I probably yeah. started, you know, with all you and I and many people who follow, who are in our communities, we know we're here for a reason. We know we're here to raise the vibration of the planet. We know we're here to, to create a new world of peace and a sense of freedom within ourselves. And I guess what's different for me is I'm not just here to save the world because I realised that that was coming from my own sense of deficiency. Um, we, I get to now create a life that is filled with peace and freedom. And so that that is my foundation. And rather than, you know, everyone, my whole, my whole, um, you were all part, a part of the Soul Worker Academy, which was a great learning curve. It was beautiful. It was incredible. And at the same time, I was, I was running on empty because I'd given everything yeah. to that. And I'd yeah. forgotten myself. I had no connection to myself. I had no connection to my household. My household was an absolute schmozzle. Mm. Um, so this is different. But yes, I ha- you know, it's all our work is evolving as it goes um, and at the same time I feel just very blessed that I, I have a much more balanced lifestyle. I'm, I'm, like there's space for me and my needs and, yeah, yeah if anyone comes on comes on my way for business mentoring that's what I'm teaching them you know how can we slow down how can we you know um create more space how can we um 
like earn more money doing less work. It's all that because that's where the freedom is through through space. For people that, that do know that they're here for more and here in a space which they are excited to find out how they can change some of those words um, and get involved in, in the Killaboo inquiries, how, how can they find you and what would be a benefit for them working with you or people in your team as well? Well, I do need to add that we don't change words. What we're actually doing is seeing through the words. We're actually allowing those sure. words to be there yep. so much that it just doesn't matter the words are there. Mm. So we unhook ourselves from the words. Um, and yep. yeah. Interesting that the words I used needed to need some changing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the fact that I've stumbled upon the Killer Bee Inquiries, that, which is a somatic-based, body-based approach to improving mental health is an absolute gift. I feel very honoured and humbled. I got to a point where I realised that I didn't, I can't help everyone. So I'm moving into, I'm, I'm still taking some clients, but not as many. And I've, I've, brought some people onto my team. So if you come come to my website um, and just look up uh, one-on-one Killer Bee Inquiry sessions, then you'll find uh, uh, you'll find a way to book your own single sessions or package of sessions. And um, yeah, and I'm at the same time, so I'm working one-on-one with with some people and now uh, taking the Killer Bee Inquiries into schools because if I had these techniques when I was 14, then life would have been very different. And I don't say that from a place of regret, but it's like I have the tools. Why would I keep these to myself where I, when we know there are so many people who are experiencing mental illness and are in a system that is outdated? Like, and actually this is not something I quickly wanted to touch on, that there's a lot of science and research evidence coming out now with trauma and the brain and the body. And so what that shows is that a body-based, a somatic-based approach is best, is at best treats trauma. And when I talk about trauma, I'm not just talking about sexual abuse or rape or, or domestic violence or war. I'm talking about little T, which is what they call it, which um, I'm talking about little trauma, which is all of those distressing events that every single person has had. Everyone has experienced some distress and some trauma, which creates that that uh, sense of baggage in our body that we do need the tools and techniques to to know how to process them rather than going towards addiction yeah, exactly mm. is there anything else you want to add before we we wrap up just that i i love everyone who's listening and i love getting your feedback it's so cool to hear that you're listening and getting so much out of it and um mm. yeah i just really grateful you're here with me on this ride Thank you. Wonderful.